enjoying the podcast but want to go deeper into best practices for account management? Learn more from Fred and John in A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, a tactical guide to client management, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Well, welcome back to episode five, account management where we make you do more better. John, we really need to come up with a hook on this thing. <laughs> I like do more better. You like uh, do more better? Yeah, let's go with that. I, I like that a lot. I mean, everybody wins. That's right. right. No, and it, let's go with that. And it's not some corporate bingo stuff. It just goes straight to the heart. No, it just goes right to the heart of the matter. We're going to be more better after we work on our account management skills. That's right. That's right. All right. You right. got Fred Fuller here. And on the other side, my partner, co-author, great friend, John Brown. John, how the heck are you, man? Man, I'm awesome. Yeah? I'm awesome. Yeah. Doing great. Anything? Yeah, we're very excited. We're about to launch the book. Yeah. Uh, that's about to come out. We're, uh, we're cranking out our podcast. We're about to start some marketing efforts uh, around all these things. Really exciting. Now, here's an interesting, I see this is where I just don't get a lot of stuff, but are we, are we launching the book and then doing the podcast or are we doing the podcast first? Because I'm wondering when, when people hear the podcast and we say, we talk about that, we are going to launch the book. Will the book have already been, I don't get the timeline thing. Dinosaurs, were they first? You know what I mean? Well, okay. Stew on it. Stew on. All right. All right. Forget all that. What are we talking about today, man? Uh, What are we talking about today? So we are talking about, we're finishing up the six main philosophies of account management. And they are, as a refresher, you'll remember from last episode, we talked about seek to understand, then be understood. Uh, The second one, our relationship is not a zero sum game. Today, we're going to talk about the other four, which are concentrated on the material issues, not the small stuff. But on the other hand, if it's easy, then just do it. That's three and four. Five and six are email is a low context form of communication. Use something better. Mm. And the last one, always start by assuming the other side has the best intentions. Yeah. All right. This sounds great. I, I can, and you know, I talked about this last time, but I, there's, there's just this, for me, there's always this common thread that runs through these things. And, and again, it'll come out as we talk through them, but, uh, but I really enjoyed last episode's conversation, right? Like seek to understand and then be understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our relationship is not a zero sum game, very interesting concepts and, and a great approach to not just client management, right. Or account management, but just relationship management in general on a personal Yeah, that's level. right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about seek to understand and then be understood that probably is not a bad idea when you think about your spouse or significant other. We are not here to give relationship advice. So as a matter of fact, that's actually really a bad idea. Let's not go there. Yeah, let me, I, once I tell you that maybe, kind of relationship advice, I should say, yeah, yeah. relationship advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe four times through the course of my life, somebody has called me and said, Hey, I've got this relationship thing. <laughs> I need your advice. And I tell them, well, if you're calling me, you're done. Like you yeah. are toast. Yeah, I am you're not scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> My gosh. All right. Yeah. So let's get past that. And then let's jump into, let's jump into number three, concentrate on the material issues, not the small stuff. What say that's right. Yeah. So this one is really about being a strategist with your client first and foremost. Right. So 
in any kind of client management situation, we all get sucked down in the day to day of the minutia of the relationship. So, you know, a report that you have to give your client uh, to do action on them, you need to track down for them, whatever it is. And you forget about the the larger things that need to happen with the clients. In other words, you know, what's your strategy to grow and deepen your relationships within the client and penetrate deeper into the client in terms of your relationships. So, you know, not only the number of people that you know at your client, but the number where you have really great relationships. And then finally, you know, other strategic issues like what are the growth opportunities at my client? You know, how can I improve what I'm doing with them? Right. So we are all victim of this. I, I can't count the number of times I've been in the middle of a client relationship and then just taken a step back and said, wait, what am I doing here? What are the big things I want to accomplish with this client? And, you know, the way that we technically get to some of that, uh, and we'll talk about it in a future podcast is through an account review, right? So maybe four times a year or twice a year or whatever cadence, you know, is best for your company, taking a step back um, and really writing up, hey, what's happening in my major clients? Um, getting that down on paper and really thinking deeply about what's next with this client and bringing a whole of organization approach. We'll get into all that later, but again, concentrating the material issues, not the small stuff is about don't be an order taker with your client, right? That's the worst thing that an executive can say about an account manager. They're an order taker. All they do, all that account manager does is they just take stuff the client asks for and they bring it into my company. You don't want that. You want to be not that. So that's what this means. You know, throughout the course of this, as we talk about the book and go go through, you know, the the chapters and tools and tactics, you're you're going to hear me say uh, probably, you know, quite a bit. This is where you earn your money, and for me, this is one of those moments because to suggest that it's really easy to discern through the small stuff versus the big stuff, you can decide what's a small item and what's a big item, but you got to deliver on a lot of that small stuff to come back to the bank account, right? Seven to one. So you have to deliver on a lot of that small stuff so that you can go ask for the big things so that you can make the strategic things happen. You have to figure out of the small stuff, what's important right? We're not saying disregard. If somebody asks you to do a menial task, we're not saying eh, it's not important. You know, I read that book and it said, it's okay. I don't got to do it. It's not that. It's- no, that's right. We're saying almost the opposite in the next uh, philosophy, which is, but on the other hand, if it's easy, then just do it, which is meant to address exactly your point that the lubricant of the relationship are the small things that you need to do to keep a client happy. You still have to do those, Right. Right. So the, these two together are really about doing both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, kind of a, is it's almost a bit of a silly example, but concentrate on the material issues, not the small stuff. I've seen scenarios where you get an email and the client is angry and the client says, you know, last Tuesday we had a conversation about thus and such. And so, and, and they're asking for discounts and credits and like, this is a big issue. And mm-hmm. I, and I literally was in a meeting one time, I'm, and there was a guy in the room going, yeah, but he didn't send the email on Tuesday. That was like Monday. And I'm like, are you, what did you have for breakfast? Like, what are you what, talking about? What man? was the point they were trying to make with Tuesday versus Monday? Well, I think they're trying to point out some inconsistency or, or poke credibility in it. And I'm like, Perry Mason, chill. Nobody <laughs> cares. Right. Uh yeah. Hey, Sherlock, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, 
we're not playing a game of clue here. It's um, yeah, it's client management. It, right. It's client management. And that, and that's kind of, like I say, it's a little bit of an extreme example, but it's a real example. And it's that thing of like, Hey man, stay focused on the thing that you're trying to solve for right. along the way. There's some blocking and tackling you have to do right. recognize that and then, and then proceed accordingly. You know, um, we, uh, this one is here because we all do it. it it's not, you know, Fred and John are better than anybody else. I mean, I can't count the number of times uh, I've been in client situations where um, I'm laser focused on some problem with the client, something I'm trying to solve and, you know, taking a step back and really thinking about it. The real opportunity with client is something is something else entirely. Right. So I, yeah. you know, I've had many conversations with account managers that work for me. And in the course of that conversation, we, I uncover, some really large opportunity to grow the business or do something transformative with the client that we have not been talking about at all prior to that. Right. Yeah. And so, it, you know, we're, we're, we're down in the weeds on some sort of problem and it turns out that there was another opportunity that was amazing that we should be putting some focus attention on happens all the time, all the time. All the time, all the time. Yeah. What, what opportunities do we have with the client? Um, you know, here's a, here, to me, this is an interesting example on the, you know, on the other hand, if it's, if it's easy, just do it. Um, I had a client that would come to, he came to me on a Friday afternoon and I'm not kidding when I say it's, it's three 30 or four o'clock. I need, my boss has asked for a report. I need a report, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, all right, yep. No problem, man. I'll pull that together for you. And in my head, I'm like, seriously, 3.30 Friday afternoon, right? Okay, fine. <laughs> so, so you put it together, right? You, you know, you do what you do. Right. You cobble it together. You pretty it up. Hey, man, is this? Yeah, this is perfect, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Okay, cool. Next Friday, right? 3.30. 3.30. Hey, you remember that report? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you? Okay, yep. I can do that. I can do that, right? <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit of the menial task, but it's important to the client. Right. And then, and then when, you know, when you see, when, it when happen, did you realize you should just start doing it ahead of time? Was it the third time or the fifth? It was the 17th. No, it was, it was that second time you knucklehead. It was the second well, time. And yeah, you, and, right. um, and, and no, it, but you, yeah, that's the point, right? Like, okay, well the, now I have a pattern, so let me get ahead of that pattern. And mm-hmm. so if I deliver this on Friday morning now, Right. I'll work on it Thursday, deliver Friday morning. Boom. There you go. Like, so just, yeah, get ahead of it. Yeah. yeah this number four, but on the other hand, if it's easy, then just do it. It's a little bit of a, um, it, it, it probably to be more technical would say something like, you know, you have to do the small things to build trust in a relationship, but it's really kind of meant to just counterbalance the one before it around concentrate on the material issues, just to remind people that, but, but I think people naturally devolve into, you know, the tactics of a client relationship anyway. So that's what it's kind of written as um, just sort of fun, but there's a really important point in here, which you're making is that, you know, to do that report at three 30 on a Friday, what you did by doing that is building trust and pursuant to our earlier podcasts. When you build trust, that's how you build great client relationships. So you can't not do those small things that really, that really matter to your client. Right. So, um, so this one is really, this is really just important because uh, it speaks to all the previous podcasts that we had about, um, about building trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, and, and then taking that right. And, and how you build trust and, and how you communicate, right. This is that five, that three thirty on a Friday afternoon. When I got that, the first thing I did was I kind of picked up the, I kind of, I picked up the phone and I said, 
hey, uh, client, um, tell me what you need. You are asking for a report that says X, and I want to make sure I understand the context of that, and da, 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 da. What I didn't do at 3.30 in the afternoon on a Friday was engage in an email volley that was going to last for, you know, an hour and a half, hoping right. that maybe, maybe, maybe we don't even get all this stuff answered and I just come back to it Monday morning. It won't be my problem over the weekend. Like, no, I did not do that. Right. And I didn't you know, do that. I, keep going. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I didn't do that because email is a low context form of communication, right? This is number five, use something yeah. better. Like, that's, that was a brilliant, that segue was unbelievable. You, you're, you're like a podcasting genius. I, I, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> I'm just going to, wow. I wish there was like an award I could give during the middle of this. Yes, that's right. Email is a low context form of communication. Use something better. That's number five. We are going to spend a lot of time on this one uh, in some later podcasts because I've never seen, you know, email is a, it was a, was many years ago, a revolution in business communications. And, the, and we'll talk about this. I mean, there's a lot of other things other than email in terms of electronic communications that are coming onto the scene. We can talk about what some of those are. So email here is a shorthand for not just email, but you know, other kinds of electronic communication with clients. All those things are revolutionary. They're great. Human beings will always invest a, a, a tons of time and money figuring out different ways to communicate to each other. It's just, it's truly incredible. A lot of those types of communications are low context meaning you don't understand the intent of the, of the sender. So the example I always use with my teams is um, the phrase, can, I, can you get this done for me, please? So if I sent you an email, Fred, and I said, can you get this done for me, please? How do you interpret that? How would you interpret that? I would think you were being really bossy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me, let me contrast that. What, what if I, what, what if I sent it and I said, can you get this done for me, please? Yeah. What, what uh, if I said it that way? Now that's, that's not just bossy. It's also kind of peevish, right? Yeah. It's, it's got a bit of sass associated with it. No, I, I, yeah. Well, then it's clear, right? It's very clear cut. Hey, you got to get something done. What I don't know when I get that email, I don't like, there's a million miles of context behind it that I don't have. So what I'm going to do is put my own context behind it. And I'm going to say, That's okay, right. John is angry. He wants me to get this done. Perhaps I should have read his mind and, and it should be done already. I'm not sure. But now I've put myself in an uncomfortable position because I inferred all this subtext to an email. Yeah. Those two tones that I just said, you don't know which one it is. Like one just might be like literally, Hey, can you just get this done for me, please? Like it, yeah. no, nothing negative, pejorative or anything behind it at all. Or it could be, can you get this done for me, please? <laughs> like, right. You don't know. And, and humans, when you receive that email, they'll tend to interpret it to the negative generally. Um, they, yeah. 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 Um, so. I, no, I think, and I think that's right. I think that that's the scenario or situation where I pick up the phone. So I supported a gentleman um, in a previous life. I supported the guy who ran our UK office. Mm -hmm. Really nice guy. Good guy. But when we first started working together, it took us a minute to kind of get to know each other. And, um, you know, the UK, I think the time differences was six hours between us and the UK. 
so communication was always a little bit difficult, right? Because our days didn't align very well. And so, you know, you'd, you'd go back and forth and one of us would have to stay up late or come in early or whatever to, to make sure that we could do communicate on a kind of a real time basis based on where we were in the month and what we were trying to accomplish and reports and all this other stuff. So the first time, first few emails I got from him were really, they, they came across really curt, right? Kind of terse and mm-hmm. biting and, and, and I just, like it put me back. And, and when you come in at seven in the morning, knowing that you're going to catch up on email because you have um, business units around the globe that you're interacting with, you don't even have a cup of coffee yet. And you open that email and it's, and it feels like it's kind of, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's coming at, and, and, and the first time I got one, I thought, well, okay, I'll take the high road here. I'll be really sweet. And I'll reply with, Hey man, da, da, la, 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 be really nice. Even though in my head, I was kind of like, why are you being a jerk? <laughs> right. But I, I take the high road, we get it done. Boom. Next month, same time, same cycle. And, and it happened again. And I finally was like, okay, I'm going to, I got to pick up the phone here because this is bothering me. Right. So I didn't engage in the email. Why are you being a jerk? I picked up the phone and I said, Hey man, uh, what's going on? How are you? Totally different guy. Right. Right. So the tone of his email did not, it wasn't representative or I did not interpret it to be representative of who he really was. Like I was, I thought he was angry and there was some tension there and I didn't know why and everything. And he just doesn't, he's, he's a busy dude and he doesn't have time to put in, you know, a sentence of explanation and a sentence that says please and a sentence that says thank you and all that other stuff. He's not right. a jerk. He's very a common, dude. very common with executives that they, you know, if you have a hundred emails that you have to process in a day, when you reply, it's going to be pretty to the point because adding a, you know, spending time doing a bunch of exposition with an email um you know if you're an executive is is it's just time wasted so you're not going to do that right now as an account manager that doesn't relieve you of the responsibility to actually do that and so we're going to talk about ways to do that to actually make your email understood what your intent is and to to the positive we're going to talk a lot about that later but you have that job as an account manager but your client may not Oh, your client has liberty to do whatever they want. They can do whatever, <laughs> whatever they you, want. You, here. you don't get to govern that and you don't get to provide feedback. Yeah. Right. You, on um, the other hand, must remain above the fray. That's right. I can't, I, it, this one, I can't tell you the number of times I've had a conversation with an account manager or um, a conversation with myself, frankly, where, you know, the client sends an email and we interpret it to mean X and I'll ask, well, have we talked to them? It, well, they, they told us an email. No, have you picked up the phone or, or gone over there or, you know, have you actually talked to them? Well, no. Okay. Well, then you got to talk to them and you find out it's something, the meaning was totally different than what you were thinking, what you were thinking. I, I joke all the time that, um, you know, with my teams, Hey, uh, we've installed this new desktop device, uh, where you, you press these digits and you're instantly able to create an instant messenger communication uh, with your clients. It's called the phone. Yeah. Use it. (laughs) You've got one in your pocket. You've got it. It's in your pocket. I don't know if you know this, but your iPhone works as a phone. You can call. You can even, you don't even have to pull it out. You don't have to press buttons. They call a client. It'll do it. It's magic. Right. 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 You can just ask it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So we're going to spend a lot of time on this one because it just, because it's a, it's a hotbed of miscommunication and it creates all kinds of client issues that are not, that are not helpful. And so you have to use better forms of communication like face to face or, um, or, uh, or calling on the phone. How many times have you, um, 
had somebody maybe more, maybe this is more of an internal thing within a company where somebody's uh, very, what I call brave in email, they send you like a really nasty note. And then you walk over and get face to face with them and confront them personally and say, Hey, um, I just wanted to understand what you meant by all that in your email. And they kind of almost physically take a step back. Like, Oh, uh, well, Oh no, what I really meant was and you can tell they're nervous and upset because they realize they were being yeah. tough in email. And then they realize when you get face to face that maybe that's not quite so easy to pull off. Yeah. I, it's, it baffles me and it, and it makes me, scra- <laughs> it does. It makes me scratch my head. The other one that people do too, and just don't do this stuff, man. That's why, that's why we're talking about it. The other one that people love to do is reply and act really tough or get really tough in an email. And let's go ahead and throw a few more people on copy. Yes. I'm going to put you on blast right now, man, and I'm going to put everybody on copy and I'm going to stick it to you. And then the moment you see them at the coffee pot, they want to know how your kid's basketball game was. And you're like, we're not talking about the basketball game. Let you and I have a conversation. Let's have a good to the side here and and let's talk about this, right? Um, But. and we've all done it at some point in time, right? Sure. Sometimes it's inadvertent. Nobody's perfect. And so you have to have that level of understanding. But, but when you pick up the phone, all that stuff tends to go away pretty quickly, right? Well, you know, Fred, how you counter that is by always start by assuming the other side has the best intentions. I was trying to say that again. I was, seg- well, I, was, I, I, I was trying I was to put, do a segue as good as you did it. You, I, I no, you, I saw where you're going and I put a pause in there because you stumbled a little bit. So I put a pause in there for you to come back and for editing, but we're going to keep going. We can keep going. <laughs> I'm not as smooth as you are. You have that, uh, you have that, uh, lovely radio voice that I'm yeah, well, not, not working at your level. All right. Geez. Let's talk about number six. That's actually a really good segue into, uh, you know, so number six, when you're working with the clients, always start by assuming the other side has the best intentions. So that's number six. And the word start in there is very specific because, um, and it, it it depends on you know what you're like personally as account manager. It depends a little bit on what your client is like. I this is not always universally true, but I have seen scenarios, and I'm sure you have as well, where people assume the client has poor intent to start with. Like that's the the jumping off point, and it leads to all kinds of miscommunications, you know, down the road. And a lot of them are related to number five around email. Um, but you know, but. You, People tend to think when the client does something that's negative that the client has some some people I should say in some situations tend to think that the client has some sort of evil plan up their sleeve. And what people don't realize is your client a lot of times you know you you may not make take up as much of their brain space as you think you do, right? So they really don't have an evil plan. They're just trying to get something done within their organization. So you need to spend a lot of time trying to figure out what they're. Uh, what their intent is. And I have seen situations where the client did have the poor intent for your company. They wanted to get rid of you or something like that. Um, I have seen that, but that's, but what we're saying here specific is don't start with that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be wise. Yeah. And and in this job, you have to read the tea leaves because typically if a client is is going to leave you they're they're not going to give you you know like a two year thing right most contracts come with some sort of a you know at the most it's a one year notification sometimes it's 30 days whatever so they're not going to they're not going to put it in neon lights that they're leaving you so you have to be um uh, you you have to be intelligent about this 
But assuming that the other side always has the best intentions, to your point, like starts, right? It starts mm-hmm. everything off on the right foot. From there, we can go and we can discover and we can figure things out. And the truth is, if the intentions aren't sort of pure, then that will come to light eventually. Right. Don't, and then worry about it then. If right. you start there, what, I mean, what are you doing? Now you're, now you're going into defense mode. You're going into recovery mode. You're just taking a lot of def- defensive sort of positions that what, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you're going to, the main thing you're going to do if you, you know, start by assuming the, the client has poor intentions is you're not going to be a good listener. Right. right. And, and that's going to prevent you from being, uh, from building trust and being a good negotiator and learning more about your client. And it's, you know, start, start by assuming they have good intentions means go find out what those intentions are, right? Go dig right. in with your client start asking a lot of questions, find out what they really are. Maybe it does turn out to be bad later, like you mentioned, but, but most of the time, probably not. Probably they have, you know, probably somebody's boss woke up on the wrong side of the bed and now they're angry and they want something done. And that just, that emotional snowball just rolled down to you, right? That's, that's a lot of times what may be driving the angst. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the episode, when we, we talked about these, the, these four, right, the, all six of them, the, you know, I talked about a common thread talked about having a common thread in there and some certain themes and so forth. And when this one, what comes to mind immediately is seek to understand and then be understood. Mm-hmm. Right. Because to your point, you said, you know, you can't be a good listener if you, if you, if you assume bad intentions and then like I said, right, you go into this defensive mode and you got to figure out what your strategy is and you get all this stuff going on in your head. You are not listening. You are, you have an agenda and you are playing a game and you're X's and O's and you're trying to manipulate the board. And at the end of the day, you don't, you don't really know what game you're playing if you don't stop and listen and understand what they're doing. Right. And yeah. you can't do that if you start this in this very negative place of they're, they're, they're out to get me. That's right. And I can tell you, I actually have been in one situation where the client actually had poor intent relative to my organization. They wanted to displace us strategically, uh, not only within themselves, but within the industry and wanted to develop a more competitive environment. And it's a long story that we're going to say for a later podcast. I, but the point of that is I've only seen it once, right? right? Other than that, most clients do not have poor intent related to your organization. So that was a really good situation to see because it was almost the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. And now, and you know what you're looking for, you know, right. It's just, it's, it's not a horrible thing to have that wake up call from time to time. Right. 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 Because that's business, that's life. And, and, and these things will not last forever. Right. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll talk about how sometimes you can get a change at the executive level and all of a sudden now you're, you're on your way out the door because of a relationship that somebody else had with somebody like all that stuff. So, you know, not to say that things don't, can't happen with, with a negative lens, not to say that people can't have bad intentions. It's just that starting point, like don't start there. So, you know, it's, uh, I think, I think when you take these things, right, when you take all six of these and you, and you, you know, you, you blend them together, you come up with a, a, a great framework, a great foundation, but some great philosophies on how it is that you want to approach, uh, client management, right? Yeah, that's right. 
these are our these are our six philosophies. So in general, for this podcast, we're going to be pretty tactical. We're going to talk about the how to do things, but we took a detour for two podcasts to be just very high level and philosophical. That's maybe not such a not such a bad thing. But I have found if you can keep these six things in your head as a client manager, and regardless of all the tactics we're going to get into and the minutia of how to run a good meeting and do a great account review and be a good negotiator and blah, 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 all those things that we're going to talk about. If you can just keep these, these six things in your head, you're probably going to be all right. Yeah. And you haven't heard the last of these six, right? We wanted to introduce them, give you the overview, but these things are, they're, they're, we're going to see them throughout the book and throughout the the chapters, like how these things impact various tactics and approaches and the and jobs that we have to do as client managers. So, uh, so I believe that's it for this episode. I think so, Fred. I think we covered the six things quite well. All right. Well, for John Brown, this is Fred Fuller, and we will talk to you on the next episode of Account Management. Mm-hmm.